Welcome to One Dive at a Time, the official podcast of Neptune Warrior, healing heroes one dive at a time. Hello, and thank you for joining for another episode of One Dive at a Time. This is Rob. I am the founder and the director of Neptune Warrior, where our mission is healing heroes one dive at a time. Our specific focus is on veterans and first responders. I am a veteran. I've also worked as a first responder and still continue today, obviously because of the work that I'm doing, surround myself with veterans and first responders. I want to talk in this episode about what is called locus of control. And this is something that I think most, if not all of us who have been in the military have been trained to do, and that is to not always allow external things to control how we feel or how we react. As a matter of fact, probably my favorite patch that is out there says embrace the suck. And that's just a way that, you know, it's, it's a simple way that embodies that mindset of not letting other things control how we feel and, and how we react. Yet what I'm finding is that sometimes as veterans, myself included, we can forget these things. So I'm going to give you a couple of examples today of locus of control uh, in both what I've seen in our organization with people that I have coached. Obviously, I'm going to change the names to protect those people. And also what I've seen in my own life as I've tried to really embrace this mindset of instead of post-traumatic stress disorder, more of post-traumatic stress thrive and growing from the things that have traditionally kept us down. Now, obviously that is easier said than done. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort and certainly locus of control has been one of the things that helps to, you know, I I don't always want to put labels on things. I think sometimes, in fact, when we put labels on people, that they can begin living that. One of the areas that I'm researching right now is people who are diagnosed with PTSD. uh, Obviously, there there are symptoms and there are signs of what that looks like. But once labeled, do we, including myself, do we begin living that path? Because that's what the expectation of that label is. But that's a different com- uh, conversation for later on. So let's talk about, you know, f- first of all, what is locus of control? And it's it actually isn't anything new. It's been around since the 1950s. Uh, but it helps, helps us to understand how how we react to to the things of, of that are going on. Now I've got a diver that every time she would show up to the dive site, we'll call her Emily. Every time she came to the dive site, you know, 
in Neptune, we try to keep our dive sites very energetic. We use a lot of different themes. Uh, there's a lot of camaraderie. There, there's, believe it or not, there's hugging. There's handshakes uh, through COVID. A lot of fist bumps. Still a lot of hugging. People just didn't care. Uh, but there's a lot of camaraderie. And then you would see a diver pull up on site. And sometimes just the sight of that diver, energy would drain because you knew that when she got out of her vehicle, everything was just doom and gloom. And granted, I mean, there were some horrible things that were happening in her life, but it felt like it was always somebody else's fault. And it was coming from this sense of being, you know, you know, we focus on trying to help empower our veterans and our first responders through, through diving. And there was just a sense of disempowerment that, that was coming across. It was always doom and gloom. And it was, this person doesn't like the, this, or my ex is out trying to get me, or my ex messed me over, or my boyfriend is doing this, or my boss was doing that. And, you know, just a lot of, you know, being controlled by circumstances. No, I don't feel like diving today because I just didn't have a good day. Uh, There's always this sense of a victim mentality. And then there's a, almost a sense of entitlement. Like it's your job to make us happy or to, uh, to, to make me happy. And in fact, those words would come out at the dive site. Like, well, you know, I, I, I really expected you to put me on a better section of the wall for the dive. Or it would have been nice if somebody would help me get my tanks down to the, you know, d- down, down the path. And there was like this expectation was put on not only myself, but my dive masters and my training assistants that it was really up to them to make sure that she had a good time. Like it was our job to keep her happy. And there was words that would come out. Uh, you know, there was, there was a point that we had to help her fix her vehicle on site. And she would say, you know, I, you know, I've worked so hard. I deserve a better, you know, a better car or, you know, the, the, you know, talking about the VA, how the VA owed her something. And it, it, it just always felt like this, this sense of entitlement coming across or that we were be, being blamed that, that she wasn't happy and was really being controlled by a lot of those outside events. And I took her on as, as a coaching client uh, to, to, to really help change those things. Now, you have to understand, nobody really wants to change until that desire to change is greater than that desire to stay in the same state. And it took a lot, and I mean a lot, of, of coaching to really start to see some changes. Now, where I do see her as, as a diver now is that she's now taking on responsibility for her own happiness. Now, something that I'll put across to you is that I'm a firm believer, and I was told this, I think, growing up, I think it was my grandfather that used to always, uh, if he didn't say this verbally, he at least implied it or, or made it known to me in, in, in some other way. And that was responsibility breeds empowerment. Now think about that from the veteran perspective. Responsibility breeds empowerment. Starting back in your military career, 
you were you went to boot camp or basic training or you know whatever whatever it was called right but you went to some form of military indoctrination and the first thing they did is they took away everything that you could possibly be responsible for all right they took away your personal belongings they took away your clothing you know they they took away all these different things Sorry, I had a cough there. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> but they took away all these things and then they started giving you small responsibilities. You might be responsible for cleaning the latrines. You might be responsible for aligning beds, for doing shoe alignment, for uh, fire watch or dorm guard or whatever it was called, right? And they started giving you smaller responsibilities. And if you think back, the more responsibility they gave you, and the more that you accepted that responsibility and performed well with that responsibility, you gained empowerment. And that's what happens as you shift from external locus of control where you're always down and outside forces are controlling you and, and you become a victim and you begin to take on these new responsibilities and you begin to internalize it. And this is where embrace the suck comes from because we start taking all these external things. I remember being in the woods with Gary Terrell, uh, who was my mentor. And this is when I was in Germany. I was a ground combat instructor at uh, Spangdalem air base. And I remember that one day we were walking through and we're setting up a new navigation course. And while we're doing that, just this really hard rain started coming down. Now, you have to understand, if you've never been to Germany, specifically the Eiffel Mountain region, it rains all the time. The reason why it's so green is because everything is wet. I had literally put in uh, some fuel manuals in the trunk of my car on like a Tuesday or Wednesday. And I'm not kidding you, by Sunday, mold had started growing on them. It was that wet and that damp all the time. But anyway, Gary and I are walking through the, through the woods, setting up this navigation course. And it just comes down raining, just, just a torrential rain. And we look at each other and we start laughing because there's no other place in the world that we would rather be. It sucked so bad, but we're so happy to be doing the things that we're doing. We've been given this great responsibility to go set up a navigation course that the following week, all of our students will be going through. You see, internal locus of control looks a lot different. You're taking responsibility for the things that are happening. And you begin to make things happen. And it, you, you accept the circumstances for what they are. You embrace that suck. You keep a positive mental attitude. You know, in survival school, they teach about things like if you go three days without water, you can die. If you go three hours of, of extreme exposure, you could die. If you go three you know, three weeks without food, you could die. If you go three months without human contact, you could die. One of the things that they do really try to impress on you is three seconds without faith and hope, you can die. That's positive mental attitude. And as we are all transitioning out of the service and out of things that have happened in our lives, we have to keep that positive mental attitude. We, we gain mastery of that internal locus of control. 
And what you find happens is that you are more open to change. You can overcome those obstacles. Now, that doesn't mean that you're like that all the time. It means that you do get tired and you can fall back. So it's not, it's not a binary thing like you have, you know, it's external where everything controls you and then suddenly it's internal and you are taking responsibility and taking control of, of that situation. I went through this myself in the past couple of years. I exited a relationship with a huge amount of debt. I had vehicle debt, consumer debt, uh, medical debt, student loan debt. And I figured out that somebody wasn't going to come along. Of course, I mean, I knew that all along. Somebody wasn't going to come along and hand me a check and pay off 50, you know, 50, 55, 60K in debt. I wasn't going to win the lottery. I didn't have any rich relatives. I had to take control for myself. And I had to maintain a positive mental attitude about doing it. And so on a weekend, I could sit around and do nothing and gripe and complain about how debt sucks, how, you know, maybe that, you know, you know, know, although I never believed this and and I never subscribed to it, but that the military or or the government was going to pay off my student loan that I incurred, you know, I never, I never went down that road. I never thought I was going to win a lottery ticket. I never thought I was going to, you know, somebody was going to hit my Jeep and suddenly it would be paid off, right? I had to take control of that situation. So what did I do? Well, first of all, this all happened during uh, when COVID started. So my gym closed. I was never, you know, I was no longer able to go and work out. So that right away, that saved me some money right there. The other thing is I started picking up odd jobs. I started working at a, at a big box retailer doing night stocking, okay? Stocking shelves at, at night. So they gave me a workout, plus it gave me five to $800 every two weeks that I could pay towards debt. Then I started looking around me. What's all the crap that I had bought that I no longer needed? I took control and I started selling things off. And every time I sold something, I paid debt off. I used what is called the debt snowball. It's something that I now coach as a Dave Ramsey or as a Ram, as a Ramsey solutions, financial coach. Uh, I, I use, I, I use that same methodology to pay off small debts and then take the money that was left over from that and pay off the larger debt. And I just, and I just started paying things off using a debt snowball. All right. I, I didn't see the inside of a restaurant unless I was making a delivery for Uber eats. So it was just all those small changes. And instead of sitting around and complaining about the fact I couldn't go to a restaurant or that I had debt, I took control of it. And that's one of the things that we teach through our diving is that you take control. If I can get a diver to take control of investing in their dive education and their dive career or take control of themselves at a dive site, all of that transitions into those life lessons Developing a positive mental attitude when you're diving cold water. Developing a positive mental attitude when you have to carry tanks 200 yards to get to the water, wearing a seven mil suit, having weights to, to counter that seven mil suit while carrying you know, your, your tanks down. 
all of that creates positive mental attitude and allows that diver to start taking over that situation. And all those things are things that we can transition into, uh, into real life. It's all up to us as, as veterans, as first responders, uh, as divers on how we, you know, how we allow external forces to control us. And I firmly believe that diving is a great metaphor for that. You can, you know, you can be in some place where you're fighting the current and you can gripe and complain about how bad that current was, or you can find a way to slip out of the current down behind a rock. And so you can do some observation like what we do in river diving or current diving. Uh, you can gripe and complain about, you know, how, you know, how heavy the tanks are and, and how much weight you have to carry down and, and find a way to, to overcome that either by, you know, finding a different dive location by just understanding that's the way that the, that the dive is going to go, maybe hitting the gym and, and shredding, you know, shredding a few pounds off of your own body. Um, whatever it happens to be, uh, you know, but, but it's learning to how to embrace the suck and move forward so that you don't allow all these other things to control you. So that's what I have for this episode. Uh, again, this is something that I coach with my divers uh, as as part of their and, and and really, there's a difference between therapy and coaching. Therapy makes you feel good. We do therapy. Therapy makes you feel good. Makes you feel better. Coaching helps you to really make those changes in life, and that's what we are really about: is how do we make these positive adjustments in life using diving to better ourselves. So I hope that you got something out of this episode. Remember, you can check out what I am doing uh, on Scuba Rob Monk out there on IG. Go to scubarob.com to see the different things that I'm working on and writing on. Make sure you check out neptunewarrior.org. Keep in mind, guys, we are a 501c3. We're a nonprofit that is out helping veterans, first responders, as well as civilians. And, you know, should you find yourself uh, with excess scuba gear, we're, we'll gladly take that. If you find in your heart to contribute to keep this podcast going, as well as the work that we're doing with veterans, uh, your donations help to pay for, well, the podcast or pool time. Or, you know, right now we're coming up on a period where we have to renew our insurance uh, with our dive masters and our instructors. All that goes towards that. So we always appreciate the help. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Make sure that you go out. Please give us five stars and share with your friends. Like, subscribe, and recommend. Guys, until then, remember, as long as you've got air, you're going to be all right. <laughs>